Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Composed Living with Elsa Elbert. I'm your hostess, Elsa. Today, my guest is Kristen Deutsch, an award-winning journalist, a therapist, professor, and author based in Los Angeles. Her first book, Nora Ephron, A Biography, became a SoCal bestseller. As a therapist, she specializes in helping clients prevent and manage burnout, improve self-confidence, and decrease stress and anxiety, something I'm sure we could all benefit from. Kristen, thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Um, why? I mean, I just read, you know, a little bit about your professional bio to all the listeners, but I would love if you could introduce yourself, um, tell us a little bit about who you are, and then we'll jump right in. Sounds fantastic. So as you know, all too well, I've been working on research for my first book, which was a biography of Nora Ephron, uh, which was just published last year. So that's uh, super exciting. I'm also um, a freelance journalist, and I'm also an associate therapist. So I'm in the process of getting all my hours um, and hoping to kind of, you know, meld all of those interests together at some point in the near future. But for right now, that's, that's, uh, that's me in a nutshell. So fun. I think you and I both share a love of continuing education and reading. Yes. (laughs) Yes, that's right. That's right. How much time did you put into sort of preparing for and actually writing the Nora book? It's such a huge accomplishment. First of all, let me start by saying congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. How much time? Gosh, I started in 2014 when I was working on my master's thesis in grad school. I was uh, inspired to continue the work because I felt like I just kind of scratched the surface. So um, I kind of just tried to continue keeping the connections I had with some of her collaborators and friends um, so that I could potentially do more interviews. And it basically just blossomed from there. So I worked on that for the better part of eight years. I mean, obviously, I was working in between and, you know, taking breaks here and there. But as far as the research, interviewing, writing and editing, um, it was about eight years in total. Wow. That's such commitment. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, And are you ready to dive into a second book yet? I think so. I assume I don't have human children yet, but I I assume it's like that where you kind of forget the bad parts (laughs) as soon as it's (laughs) as soon as it's over and you're like, I want to do that again. So uh, I don't know if that's healthy or not, but it's it's uh, it's one of the things that writing, you know, does to us. We we feel maybe a little bit miserable while we're doing it, but gosh, the feeling of having it done is, is so wonderful. So I've had a couple of other women, like sort of iconic women in film that I've wanted to cover. So I'm in the early stages of that right now. And so definitely, I think the next book will be another biography and hopefully, you know, we'll stand alongside Nora. Well, wow. That's so cool. I think, you know, it's been on my sort of life bucket list for ages to write a book on organizing. And I think we talked about this briefly at some point, not so much like a coffee table book with perfect photos, but really talking about organizing as like a life principle yeah, and how it can really, you know, it just helps you align everything in your life so that it feels more holistic and more intentional and and I want to be able to share a little bit of that philosophy with people. And then every time 
I think, okay, this is the time where I'm going to have, <laughs> you know, all this like free time <laughs> to yes. sit and write this out that I'm like, just kidding. <laughs> I'll launch <laughs> a retail store and a podcast and grow the business and travel, <laughs> like all these other things. And like, how does one ever actually carve out the time to do it? That's right. That's right. Well, I suppose my answer would be something akin to, you know, it's, it's a journey, you know, like, I think, I don't know if you've read uh, Amy Poehler's book, but she spoke about that a little bit, which was like, writing a book is using the notes app on your iPhone when you have 10 minutes between, you know, picking your kids up or late at night when you have 20 minutes and you're inspired, like, that it's okay for it to be kind of like messy, you know, like not yeah. the prettiest version that maybe you imagine. And so I think I definitely tried to always remember that because it it is hard, you know, it's, it's super hard to, like you said, find the time when life is happening, you know, life is continuing to happen. And for me in the last few years, I was uh, obviously we had the pandemic. And so while it se- sounded lovely to be quote unquote stuck in your house, for me, it was just a lot of other added anxiety and worries and, you know, um, stress really. Um, and, you know, illness in the family and things like that. So that became really challenging at times to to stick with it. And there were many times where I felt like, I don't know if this book is ever going to happen. I had some trouble finding a publisher at first. Um, I had some trouble finding an agent who really believed in the project, which again, is just like shocking because Nora Ephron is everything. And yeah, um, an icon. Yes. And so it really took some, like you said, just really strong commitment to like, I really feel strongly about this book being published and, you know, just kind of like kept hoping and praying it would end up in the right hand. So I was really happy to end up at Chicago Review Press and with a wonderful editor, Kara Rhoda, who actually, funny enough, um, was mostly in the business of acquiring cookbooks. So being, you know, Nora being the foodie that she is, she really fell in love with the project and was really a great um, advocate for it. That's so awesome. Yeah, thank you. I love that story. Uh, I do have, you reminded me when you said writing on the notes app on your phone, I think I have a very lengthy app that has, I'm sure the most random snippets of like almost sentences <laughs> where, cause you know, you'll be driving or you're somewhere. And I was like, that would be a great chapter for this imaginary book of mine. And then I'll write it down. But then I go back to read them. And I'm like, is that English even like who wrote this? <laughs> I don't understand what I was trying to tell myself. Well, that's lovely. And as you know, <laughs> that's like a very, um, <laughs> something I can relate to because you've seen all of my notes and they are sometimes coherent and sometimes not. And they're also typically pretty comical because it's like, who knows what I meant. But I think that, I think that there's more to what you already have than you might think. I don't think you've imagined it. I think that you have a really clear vision. What do you, what do you, what kinds of things come to mind when you start working on it? Well, I mean, I've never. I guess the note is as far as I've gotten of starting to work on it. But share with us sure, a note. I, I, share with I us a note. <laughs> let's see. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. What is the note titled? I use emojis on my notes because they make me smile, but then it makes them harder to search for. But I'm like, what emojis <laughs> did you throw in there? Can you search by emoji? Is that a thing? 
It's just harder for me to do on my laptop. It's easier on my phone. Mm, I see. Um, I oh see. my gosh, this is so long. And I started it on September 21st, 2022. Oh, so many random things. Let's find a good one. I mean, well, the whole point of this podcast, there's the first sentence. It says the goal is to be able to enjoy your life, to eliminate overwhelm so that we can be present to enjoy our lives. Mm-hmm. There's boundaries, just the word boundaries. <laughs> what that triggers in me is like, you know, it's the idea of structure, creating freedom in your life. So setting those boundaries, whether it's in relationships with other people or around work, creating morning routines, you know, even upholding boundaries for yourself, like committing to exercise and those kinds of things. Let's love it. My outer experience is a reflection of my inner reality. Mm. Burnout something that you help your clients with in therapy, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Oh man. I go into guardian angels. That feels like a whole, it has nothing to do with organizing. <laughs> Wait, but does it though? I don't know. Can we tie it in? I feel like it does because it well, it's yeah. a, I guess for me, it's also like your commitment to like your meditation practice or You know, when I start every year, instead of making like a new year's resolution list, Mm -hmm. I start with, you know, ways that I want to feel, or, um, sometimes it's about like a, a tangible goal. That's something I can achieve, but more often than not, it's something I want to experience. Hmm. And so spirituality is always one of those areas for me where like, I try to come up with how I want to feel, you know, in the, in my spiritual world, in my education world, like, and so for education, it's usually easy for me. It's like, okay, I want to read 24 books this year. Um, That's (laughs) like the actual goal for spirituality. It might be something more vague, like see a hypnotist and connect with my spirit guides. (laughs) Mm. Nice. I love that. Uh, yeah. I love so, that. And I kind of go through it. It's another list that I have on my phone. Um, and I just go through it from time to time to see where I've been putting in enough energy and where maybe I could add a little bit more energy. Yeah. And I think that's really what it's all about, you know, because it's not just that time is limited, our energy is limited. And, you know, yeah, like, how do we want to prioritize that, you know, and I think, I I like the way you've kind of organized it into buckets because for me, that does relate to our actual physical belongings too. You know, like what does it mean to be organized or to have, like you said, kind of, what is the word I'm looking for? Just like meaningful, that your space is is meaningful to you, you know, that it isn't necessarily going to make sense to someone else. And I've, I've really... I've really loved and appreciated that part of our work together because I think, you know, there's some shame that comes up when you're not as organized as you'd like to be, or your house doesn't look how you want it to be, or your office or your, your research for your book or whatever, you know? I think you hit the nail on the head with that. It's something, um, I mean, I was doing a client consult yesterday and that word shame came up and you Mm. visibly how embarrassed she was even just talking about her home. Yeah. And we have to remind people all the time, like it's your home, it's your space. There's no wrong Mm. way of doing it. There's no right or wrong amount of things to keep. As long as when you walk into that space, it feels like a reflection of you and your values 
values and how you want to spend your life. So yeah. for, you know, for me, that's could be very different than someone else. And I don't think I'm a minimalist. Like I can't for the life of me part with books <laughs> <laughs> simply because I don't want to. It's not that I like physically right. can't it's just every single time I review my bookshelves mm-hmm. that I'm like, but I love them all. They're all my children. <laughs> There's exactly. no one I could part with. And in my yes. mind, I'm like, but that was assigned reading from grad school. Are you sure you want to hold on to it? I'm like, yes, it was excellent. <laughs> and I need to. Who I am. I, that's right. That's right. And, and, and if I don't have it on the shelf, then what happens? Yeah. You know, that's the real fear. But I, I remember if somebody gave me like ugly embroidered dish towels, I'd be like, out of here on to the next, you know, <laughs> don't, like, don't need them. It all just depends on like what's important to you, what you love. And I guess I could, if someone was physically standing in my home and wanted a book recommendation and I had the perfect thing, I'd have no problem giving it to them. Oh, sure. Uh, Sure, sure. But yeah, just for the sake of eliminating, I don't. And I also love entertaining. So I have a wild amount of things in my kitchen. Like I probably have four full sets of utensils. One, because I don't like buying plastic, you know, so I'd rather have enough because we have the space for them because I don't have a lot of other stuff that other people might find to be very normal. Mm. Anyway, there you go. Interesting. Interesting. In a nutshell, keep what's important (laughs) to you. (laughs) That's right. Everything else. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think just to take it a step further, like, again, to be comfortable with the idea that it's gonna not look like maybe what you thought it should or you know what someone else thinks is how it should look you know that it really is about you feeling comfortable and inspired and excited about how your space you know feels and like you said going to the feeling you know like that's one of the things I think makes you and your work so special is you know you're coming from a background of like how do I want to live as opposed to how do I want my space to look like the former is informing the latter. And I, I love that. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, Uh, of course. (laughs) I mean, it's amazing. And, and again, like just the the way that you um, have shaped, you know, your business and the people who work with you and um, the name, you know, like compose, like, it's just, it's so, it really stands out. And I think, um, it's just a great reminder, like you said, that it's okay to ask for help, you know, um, it's okay to get support around things that, like you said, maybe we sometimes feel shameful about, even though it's feels silly to do that. But um, yeah, I've just been so grateful and really just really love all the work we've done so far. <laughs> oh, me too. Yeah. Like, it's so rewarding for me to have clients that understand like beyond the value of organizational work or systems. Mm. Right, uh, right. You know, and all clients, I'm thankful for every client that we've ever had, but of course, you know, of there's course. just something so special when you can connect on a deeper level um, that goes beyond like, I want my pantry to look pretty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nothing wrong with yes. that either, but. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. No, I I would love that. <laughs> A pretty pantry sounds fabulous. And one day I'm going to have those like jars, you know, where you can like see the pretty colors, you know, and whatnot, oh, yeah. but not, not yet. 
but but maybe one day once we finish all my papers <laughs> we're so close we're so we're so close. we're so close last bin <laughs> oh so exciting <laughs> it you is. know when i started compose living it was really about more than just home organization and i wanted to help people just experience a better lifestyle whatever that means for them mm. so you know maybe you could tell us a little bit about what it is that you're actively working towards that would kind of create that life for you or what that means for you at this moment in time. And I think one way that we get into that conversation is by like, you know, if there's a word, a feeling, a value, an emotion, whatever it is that really resonates with you right now, And I always say right now, because I feel like that changes as our Mm. lives change and we're in different places. Yeah. Um, And when I started this podcast, my word was joy. Like that really Mm. encompassed so much because it was, it was aspirational. Yeah. um, And not something that I ever really paid attention to. Like, even if it happened, I was so never in the present moment that I wouldn't have noticed it happening. And by focusing everything around that one word, it just really helps to align how I want to spend my days. Even if that means, you know, canceling a work day or rescheduling something or, you know, just doing something that I feel like maybe I don't have time to do, but I'm going to prioritize it anyway, because it is aligned with that one choice. Uh, But now I feel like I need a new word. I don't know why it's like just coming up. As I said it today in this <laughs> conversation, I'm like, huh, maybe yeah. I'm ready. Maybe I'm ready for something that resounds more, but I'll mm. that one. I Any, love that. Sorry, not about me, but if you have a word that's helping you kind of align the rest of your days towards what you would like your life to look and feel like. Yes. Um, I jotted down a few before we jumped on today. I've been reflecting on this. My, my, the first word that came to mind was thrive. Um, but I have a, I have a whole list. Um, so, so we'll them right. all. we can find two. Yeah. So I put whole thrive whole, um, like W H O L E, like, mm-hmm. you know, feeling whole <laughs> purposeful, strong, focused, present, joyful, and funny. And I think it, the list kind of shows my line of thinking, you know, which is basically what you've been talking about, which is where to put your energy. And yeah, basically just the idea of, of trying to stay as focused as I can on the things that, that do bring joy, you know, even Mm -hmm. in, in challenging times. So yeah, that's, that's what I have so far. Not like the most original, but <laughs> that's, that's no, where I am right now. There's some similarities in those words, at least from my, and it's funny because words have such a different meaning to uh, whoever hears them. Mm. Um, when I hear words like strong and purposeful, um, I picture someone who's very like determined and focused mm. and then whole, what else was on the list? I like that you threw funny in there. That's a good one. <laughs> always, always. You have to remember when you're like channeling your best Nora self. Yeah. It has to be funny. Has to be funny. Can't take it too seriously. So I had purposeful, strong, focus, present. I think that's a huge one. Um, and not always, doesn't always come naturally to me and most mm-hmm. of us. And I, 
was so inspired when you were talking about your recent retreat and just again, like a refocus, you know, like a re reimagining of just being, yeah, just being, which is, seems like it should be easy, but it's kind of hard. It is hard. And I don't know what the shift was, if it's as I'm getting older or just like circumstances, but it feels more and more like I'm, I don't want to live my life the way that I kind of thought a life goes, you know, like Hmm. everyone has a job and everyone does this. And everyone talks about like how much money they make and what kind of car they drive. Like, I don't know all the, just the normal stuff. Like you go to a party and people are like, hi, I'm Susan. And this is what I do for work. Mm. It's so ingrained in us. And in the last few years, like the big, my big, like internal upset has been like, but if our value is as a human being on its own, like that's it. The fact that you are a human being who is alive means that inherently you are valuable and whole. Mm. Then why are we so focused on career and achievement and financial success and all of these other things? Like, is it pure necessity is it something else? But like, hmm. also, is there ever going to be an opportunity in this life where you just kind of like wake up every day and exist and feel happiness without like a to-do list and chores? <laughs> like, you know, is that just like wishful thinking or are there people who are out there like living that life? Yeah, no, it's so true. It's so true. And I think to your point, when you think about you know, the actual, what actually brings some of us to therapy, or like you said, to more desire for spiritual connection, like whatever it sounds or looks like for you. I think a lot of times it's really that feeling of who am I if I'm not doing, you know, and I was just having a conversation like that yesterday with a client about like how scary that can be when we're out of work or, you know, just like you said, like we're sick, you know, we're down, you know, with, you know, the flu or something like how frightening it is to just be with our thoughts and be like, well, wait, who am I if I'm not doing? And so I think that's a really like important thing to, to think about, you know, because yeah, there's just those things that we count on and know might come, might happen. And then there's the ones that like completely just, you know, there's no, you couldn't, you couldn't know it was coming. And so I think yeah, having a sense of some kind of purpose and meaning and just who you are, I think is, is huge. Outside of work. Is that like the ideal? What if your purpose is coming from your work? I'm not saying like, I don't think that my purpose is coming. I mean, a little bit it's, but that's also intentional. Like I wanted to weave. That's right into the work that we're doing, but that, you know, it really resonates me. Like, who are you or what is your value? If you're not producing or doing, I went that super hard during the pandemic because it was like, yeah, I can't, I can't produce anything. And then I was like, what am I even? Yeah. Uh, And I think I did a good job of like kind of coming to terms with that. And for me, it was all, it was really tied up around money and that I think I feel very clear on now that, you know, I have a close family member who has a very difficult relationship with money Mm -hmm. and I watch, you know, the decisions and the struggle 
And it became so important to me, almost like an obsession I didn't know I had that I always had to be financially stable and on my own. So not mm-hmm. reliant on Chad or something else that could go away, but only relying on my own ability to take care of myself financially. Yeah, for and sure. When that went away, I was like, that's it. I don't know. I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> if I can't, yeah. then everything right. has apart. Uh, right. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think, um, Something that's coming up while I'm hearing you talk about that is I was actually just at a colleague's um, retirement party over the weekend, and I felt like there was just a lot more sadness than I expected, you know, and I think it is scary and hard to be like, who am I now? You know, like I've done Mm -hmm. all the work, but then what, what do I stand for? What am I doing? And I think, again, it's just a great reminder of, to your point, like it's perfectly fine and, and wonderful to to find purpose in your work. That's the, you know, that's the dream, but, but also what is your legacy or what are you leaving behind? And, and is it okay to rest? Like that feels like another part of the work you and I have been doing, which is like, what is it like to just also be okay with things being messy or, you know, with taking time off and things like that. So I think all of that is wrapped up obviously in like a lot of maybe, um, criticisms we might have of, you know, sort of um, capitalism. But I think, you know, finding a way to, to obviously survive, you know, and, and to, to be, you know, to feel safe enough to explore, you know, time off and rest and things like that. But gosh, it was so fascinating, you know, like, trying to express our gratitude for this person who's given us so much and given our students so much for like 30 plus years. Yeah. And yet it's like, well, but, but now, you know, like, like you said, like the, the question always becomes like, well, so what are you doing now? You know, as opposed to like, yeah. how are you being now or something like that? I don't know. Yeah. We almost don't even have the right language to talk yeah. to people about life, like not work, yeah. just right. life. Like what right. are you most excited about doing in the next five years? Or see, even that I can't even. Like, <laughs> I know. How would you even mean say doing? It? How are you being right now? Like, how are how you? Are you what, what is it? Yes. What is it <laughs> like to feel like you today? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because that is a thing that comes up in therapy. You know, like if, if you say like, what's been going on or how's everything been? Sometimes you'll start with like an accounting of like, well, we did this and then we did that. And what you're really looking for, like you said, is what is it like to be you? Tell me about what this week was like as being, being you, how did you experience it? What did it feel like? You know, all that stuff. So it's, it's tricky. It's tricky. It takes question. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to ask my girlfriends that next time we all go out. Which one? What was it like? like? What was it like being you in this last week? I'm so excited to hear what comes from that conversation. That's going to be awesome. Well, and they're going to be like, wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I think like, those are the most beautiful conversations, right? Where you see someone and it's, I think everyone knows, well, I hope everyone knows what that feels like to have a relationship so intimate where you just jump right into the goods, you know, what does it feel like? to be you at this moment in time, as opposed to how's work, how are the kids? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. 
Like great. great. It's, it's, it's all great. It's, They're all great. What do you want from me? <laughs> that's right. It is. It's, it's, it's a totally different way of, of having a conversation of, of connecting of, yeah, just being. And um, yeah, I love that. It's, it, it's really interesting. Like the, the reactions you get at first, you know, or like you said, how hard it is for us at first. It's just like with meditating, you know, like how uncomfortable it is at first. Cause you're like, what was it like to be me? I don't know. It was fine. You know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. kind of like a teenager answer of like, I mean, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was fine. But then really like pushing yourself to dig deeper to find like, well, but what is it really, you know? And so pausing, you have to pause to do that, you know, to reflect. So I love it. I think this is great. I'm so excited for you to report back. Yeah. <laughs> it's reminding me of, uh, I was in like a women's circle for some time and mm-hmm. this was during the pandemic, just as a way for all of us to kind of stay connected. Yeah. And that was how we started was each person had five minutes of space. <laughs> So mm-hmm. you could talk, you could sit there and stare at the camera, but no matter what, it was you and your time in the spotlight, so to speak, for five full minutes. Mm-hmm. And the first reaction from everyone was like, there's no way I could fill five minutes. Like, <laughs> I don't want to talk about myself for that long. Everything's fine, you know, mm-hmm. that's the default. And then when you start talking and you realize that like the buzzer has not gone off yet and you have to <laughs> fill it with something, you know, it's you turn off that sort of facade of like, mm-hmm. everything's fine. Let's keep this surface. And then you're like, I guess I have to go a little bit deeper. What's the next level here. Mm. And that's where all the good stuff lives. Totes. I I'm, I'm right there with you. And it's so interesting because it's, it's so important to be a good writer that you allow for those, you know, opportunities for those things to come up. And then, obviously, of course, as a therapist. And I wonder too about your work with clients, you know, and and again, like figuring out what are the things that are most important to you? And how can we preserve that, you know, in in a way that's meaningful? Because I have always felt like it's so for me, it's very emotional to deal with my things, because they mean something They're they're about a person or a place or a memory or, you know, a relationship. And, um, Nora and her sister Delia um, adapted this play called Love, Loss, and What I Wore. And it's kind of about that idea that, you know, the the, the clothing, you know, that mm-hmm. for especially for women, you know, just how important that is to a memory um, of someone you've lost or, a, you know, a relationship that ended and things like that, or a joyful moment too. Um, but I just, I just love that. And so I think it's just a great reminder to to give ourselves the time and space to notice those things. And um, yeah, just to, just to be more aware. I, that's the other note that I made before we got on the call was like, what am I trying to do here is <laughs> being a little bit more aware and open and being open to whatever comes and also to try hard things. I think those are my three things right now. Well, I think you do a great job at trying hard things. Thank you. You you. have so many degrees. You've published a book. (laughs) You're working as a professor during a time where everything is like online, essentially. Yes. Uh, Yes. 
those are all individually very hard things. And I think even more so when they're combined in the same relative time period. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And going, I mean, you're going through everything you own. Like that's also that's true. such that's a true. complicated thing because you're exactly right. We have a complicated relationship with our stuff, whether it's mm-hmm. emotional or physical. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's tricky. I mean, if I was real about why I love having books, it's probably because I value education so much, you know, and definitely more so than most people I know. And I think books are sort of like a status symbol. Oh my gosh. Of course. It's like, look at me. I read all of these books. That's right. (laughs) No, I had that exact same thought recently because it's like, the point was like the ones that you love and like read over and over. And then the ones that you're like, well, I just need people to know that this is who I am or something, yeah. you know, <laughs> I got through all 900 pages of Shantaram. Yes. <laughs> now exactly. that book is staying on my bookshelf. Forever. That's right. That's right. Because if it isn't, then how will anyone know? You how know, how will I know? know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, Hilarious. So silly. (laughs) And like, you know, I don't, I know when you were talking about clothes, I was like, oh, I still know exactly what I wore on my first date with Chad, but I also gave that dress away. Oh, Um, and it doesn't make me sad at all. Photos of me in it. My mom randomly, she was at my house when I was getting ready that day. And she, as I was walking out the door, was like, wait, let me take a picture of you, which like divine timing, you know, like amazing. Yes. A picture of any other random first on (laughs) match.com. Of course. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I I love that. I have that. And then I think I wore it subsequently at maybe like our, one of our anniversary dinners or something, but it was so itchy. It was the worst. Oh no. Like all the seams, like Mm -hmm. just. It was miserable. And then one day I was like, oh, why am I doing this to myself? Get out of here. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I have the photo. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, I think, I think, oh, I'm so sorry. You go ahead. No, no, no. I was just, I was like, I don't know if I really remember anything else, but I am also not like a fashion, uh, a fashion person. I could probably remember food and like the environment yeah. more Same. than anything else same like I'd remember the movie that was watched but not like the outfit I'm just not that attached but yeah but I think you said something really great that I want to say before we go which is also the value of letting go you know like we've been talking about the holding but also that's like something that's super present for me right now is as you know (laughs) as you know on an intimate level of like just really being like okay but but yes, like it's a wonderful memory, but is is the thing still serving me? And if not, like what will that space allow then, you know? What could yeah. I create instead or something? Yeah. And having an awareness of, I think, you know, it all starts with like, why am I holding on to this? And mm. what what is it specifically that I'm trying to hold on to? <laughs> because it doesn't always have this, like, I think there's a lot of times we keep things under the guise of like, it's sentimental, but in reality, it's a negative association that we have with it. Hmm. And so I think just being aware of those things and also, you know, what we hold on to and what we let go of, like it goes so far beyond just our physical items and possessions. Hmm. And 
I think it's just as important. Like, you know, you said making space for rest and carving out time, just quiet time to like allow the deeper thoughts to come up. Yeah. Um, It's just as important as, you know, making sure that we don't start hoarding, you know, cat figurines or whatever. I don't know. Whatever well, people are going to start amassing. Although well, there's no in that either, as long as you have. I was, <laughs> I was just about to say, like, I suppose my therapist brain is like, well, if that's what brings you joy, go for it. You go know, for as it. long as it's as like you said, as long as it's not like impeding, like impacting your, your health or something, but sure. Yeah. I mean, why not? You know? You want to know the funny reason why cat figurines popped into my brain? I I cannot wait. Are you going to secretly show me your secret stash? (laughs) Recall the last like weird object that I made an active decision to keep instead of letting go of. And Uh someone had actually donated like a box of stuff at our store. You know, we take Uh donations for composing. And there was this teeny tiny metal cat figurine that oh I, saw, and I was like, this is hilarious. It's so cute. Uh, I have literally, it sounds amazing. For this. Oh my God. But I just stuck it on the shelf next to where we keep our coffee mugs in the office. Aww. Oh, how cute. I <laughs> love that. <laughs> That's adorable. Been there since that. June. <laughs> so, well, you know, every time I see it, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Why is this thing still here? But then I'm like, but it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> that is, there's your answer. There's your answer. It's fine. It's cute. It's it brings you joy. You it know? brings me joy to the point where yes. I'm willing to like pick it up and dust it and clean around <laughs> it, you know, for months on end. The silly thing that came into my life by, you know, no action of my own. <laughs> is this is this like an adopted cat now at this point? Like, do you like have a litter box for it? Like, is this something we should know more about or does it feel does it feel like you're not ready to reveal that just yet? <laughs> Definitely not. It's just a strange little figurine. All right. But okay. for some reason Fair it makes enough. me laugh. I love that. I that makes me so happy. I think it's yeah. fantastic. Such a great example of like, you know, one woman's trash is another woman's treasure and it looks totally. You know? <laughs> I love it. Amazing. See, I just had to prove that I was not trying to secretly shame cat figurine hoarders. That's right. I I feel I feel a lot better now knowing the real backstory. <laughs> well, now oh you dear! Into the store and find. Oh my gosh! I can't pie. wait. I cannot wait. I can't wait. Yes, thank you so much for this. This was so much fun, and thanks for all you're doing, really, to keep us not only organized but you know, sane and supported. And like you said, giving back and making sure people have essentials, you know, and I I just really can't thank you enough for all of that. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you for saying that. Um, and of course. for being my guest today. I always love our conversations, but it Me was too. <laughs> to be able to chat without working at the same time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much.